What's happening, everybody? On today's show, the SEC Championship game is upon us. We'll give you the latest of what Kirby Smart and Nick Saban had to say ahead of this matchup between Alabama and Georgia. Also, some more transfer portal news and much more Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins at fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. And shout out to our everydayers checking us out every day. All right, let's jump into a play to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And the SEC championship game is this weekend, and it will be for many more years to come in Atlanta. The SEC announcing Thursday that the championship game will be held in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta through at least 2031. The agreement is an extension of the current contract that was set to expire in 2026. Atlanta has hosted the championship game every year since 1994. Saturday's game between Bama and Georgia will mark the 30th time Atlanta has hosted the SEC title game. Commissioner Greg Sankey said, we look forward to continuing a very positive relationship with the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the World Georgia, Georgia World Congress Center as the home of our football championship. Speaking of SEC scheduling, well, the first look at the 2024 SEC football schedule will be revealed in just two weeks. December 13th, ESPN and the SEC Network will release a two-hour special disclosing the 2024 SEC football schedule with all the dates and everything else. Now, we already know the opponents for next season. That was announced last summer during a deal on SEC Network. But, uh, of course, uh, it's a one-year schedule of uh, eight conference games with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma to the conference. Every team required to play one Power 5 opponent as well. But, um, you know, the the other unusual thing is uh, moving forward, the conference will eliminate division standings. There will no no more be the SEC East or the SEC West. SEC Championship will just feature the two best teams with the best record at the end of the regular season. And that 2024 SEC Championship game, if you want to go ahead and circle your calendar, it will be December 7th, 2024 on ABC. Of course, the deal with SEC on CBS ending this season. This will be the last broadcast this Saturday. All right, let's jump into it. Nick Saban talking with the media yesterday ahead of this SEC Championship game. He's making the case for the SEC not to get left out of the college football playoff. Of course, if Bama were to upset Georgia, the committee would be forced to decide between dropping Georgia out of the top four altogether or whether or not a win from Alabama would be big enough to bump the tide up at least four spots. They're currently number eight. They'd have to get all the way up to number four. Would that be enough? During Thursday's press conference, Saban reiterated his belief that the SEC is among the best conferences in the country. said, I think the SEC is one of the best. 
I think Georgia's one of the best teams in the country. I think they're one of the best four teams in the country. And I think if we beat them, we'd be one of the best four teams in the country. They've been one on to say with teams, there's a transformation that goes through the season. How are you playing right now? Where is your team right now? How good are you now? I think all those teams come into play with us. Also, I think it would be a disrespect to the SEC if there isn't an SEC representation in the Final Four. I do believe that. So, uh, Nick Saban saying, don't you dare leave the SEC out of this one. And, again, still a weird kind of world where maybe the SEC could get two teams in. It's it's a great argument. I mean, if Georgia's been one all these weeks, how do you, you know, let's say they lose a close game at the buzzer. How do you drop them out of the top four? Suddenly they're not a top four team because they – Lost a close one in the SEC title game. On the flip side, if you're Bama, you knock off the number one team. Your lone loss was to Texas and back in week two. You're a much better team now. Is that not enough to say you're one of the four best teams in the country? So, going to be fascinating to see how this one plays out. Of course, on Monday's show, we'll be re- recapping all of it for you. Uh, but as for, far as this game, Nick Saban said that he has seen improvement all season long from his o- offensive line and uh, Jalen Milrow. He said, if, you, if I had to pick one area where we improved the most, I would say it's offensively. The transformation of Jalen Miller, a quarterback, to be this productive in terms of elevating his confidence and the confidence in the entire offense. Uh, the improvement in the offensive line has helped us to be better. I think the whole team has improved because of their confidence and everybody's playing with more confidence. Uh, Saban also told reporters that running back Jace McClellan is listed as questionable for the SEC title game. He's uh, day-to-day, and uh, we'll see if he is able to go. But he re-aggravated an injury in that final drive against Auburn last weekend. On the other side of things, over Georgia, Kirby Smart praising Alabama safety Caleb Downs. Telling reporters on Thursday, Downs does not play like a freshman. Said he's instinctive, fearless. Alabama, of course, won Downs over Georgia in recruiting. Uh, Downs was a Georgia native. Kirby Smart said, look, he's fast, fearless. He's everything that he was in high school. Uh, Kirby Smart also commenting Thursday on the availability of a couple of injured players. Tight end Brock Bowers, wide receiver Lad McConkey, wide receiver Rara Thomas, and offensive lineman Tate Ratledge. Uh, Smart was very vague with his answer, said he doesn't know yet if all four will play. All four dealing with minor injuries, so uh, none of them played against Georgia Tech last week. you got to think they were maybe doing a thing where they were keeping them out just to get them healthy for this one. All right, uh, prediction time. We're going to hear from the guys from Locked on Bama and Locked on Bulldogs in a little bit. They will make their picks in this one. But how do I think this one plays out? Look, I can't go against Georgia. They've just been so good all season long. I think Bama keeps it close for the first half. I think Bama maybe even scores first, right? They've uh, Georgia's done that with a lot of teams this year, giving up a team first touchdown. Let them go right down the field and score. And then Georgia turns into Georgia. I think Georgia pulls away in the second half. I think Jalen Milrow and the Alabama offense struggle in the second half. I think Georgia pulls away. I've got Georgia winning 41-24. to Yeah, don't freak out, Bama fans. The defense defense has been good, but I just think Georgia's going to pull away there in the second half. We'll see. We'll see what the guys at Locked on Bama and Locked on Bulldogs think here in just a little bit. All right, over at LSU, Jaden Daniels. He was named the winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award on Thursday, presented to the uh, top college quarterback annually. The other LSU player to win the Golden Arm was Joe Burrow in 2019. Max Duggan at TCU took it home 
a year ago over at Georgia. Good news for them. Graham Mertz, their quarterback, will be coming back next season in Gainesville. It'll be his final year of college football eligibility. Fifth-year senior. Was very good this year. Led the SEC with 72.9% completion percentage. Going to be a tough, tough schedule for Florida next year. They'll face Miami, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State, Ole Miss, A&M, Georgia. Oof. Going to be rough. All right, over at uh, Ole Miss, defensive lineman J.J. Pegues announced he's coming back for another season. He had three and a half sacks this year. Been at Ole Miss two seasons after he started his career as a freshman at Auburn as a tight end. Over at Kentucky, Andrew Phillips, one of their defensive backs, announced he is declaring for the NFL draft. Had uh, played four seasons for the Wildcats, recorded 80 tackles, nine pass breakups in his time in Lexington. Over at Mississippi State, Nathaniel Bookie Watson. He announced on social media he is heading to uh, the NFL after several great seasons with the Bulldogs. He finished his senior year leading the SEC in tackles this year with 137 and leading the SEC in sacks with 10. And uh, lastly, Tennessee Athletic Director uh, Danny White. They are hiring former Auburn AD Alan Green. He will fill a role as a Vols Senior Deputy AD. Green served as Auburn's AD from 2018 to 2022. Went to Ole Miss, served at Ole Miss in in a previous role. Um, Also had a stint at uh, Auburn as well. So best of luck to Alan Green over there at Tennessee now. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll let you hear what some of the guys at Locked On Bulldogs and Locked On Bama had to think about this matchup in the SEC. That's coming your way here in just a sec. First, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Look, FanDuel has been uh, your spot to go for all of your action all season long. And uh, when you look at FanDuel right now, they're offering new customers $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. That's, uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including players, uh, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, Georgia is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama over there at FanDuel. Alabama to win straight up is plus 172 on the money line. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season, right? FanDuel, they are the official partner of the NFL. Uh, Go check, check them out today. Game of the week. Now, a a softball, a layup would be to say turnovers are going to be a key to key to this game. But actually, credit to Jalen Milrow here. You know, early, we all remember the Texas game, right? Do we remember the Texas game, Alabama? It was at home. It was a home game. It was a home game. So they they must have won that. Well, um, Jalen Milrow, a little turnover prone in that game. And so... um, He's really cleaned that up. Only he six has. interceptions. Only six interceptions. Kind of the rest came sprinkled throughout the the season. You realize Alabama won the turnover battle three to nothing last week against Auburn. They won and, the turnover battle three to nothing, and they won on a hail mary. Huh. So wow, that's a no. that's a weird stat. It's no, no. a really weird stat. Um, Alabama's done a good job of not turning the ball over and forcing turnovers. Georgia hasn't really done a great job of 
forcing turnovers this year, but they have done a pretty good job of not turning the ball over. Obviously, last week against Georgia Tech, the ball was bouncing all kinds of weird. If either team gets into a problem with yeah. turnovers in this game, the other team's going to take advantage and they're going to win mean, the game. It's on. not like that's so that's an obvious key to the game, but we don't really need to discuss that one at length. I think I think a secondary key to the game is going to be the Georgia secondary's ability mm-hmm. to not give up plays over the top. I think you mentioned Alabama's game plan and what it's going to be early on, and I do think that's what we're going to see from Alabama early on. And I think Alabama will have success early on as everyone all season has had against Georgia early on. Mm-hmm. And then when Kirby and Glenn begin to make adjustments, and again, when you're matching wits between Tommy Reese mm. and Glenn Schumann, mm-hmm. I feel fairly good about which side I'm on. Do you, Alabama fan, feel fairly good about which side you're on in that battle of football acumen when Glenn Schumann and company start to make adjustments and the Alabama offense begins to stall. Yes, I believe. And the Georgia offense continues to have success, move the ball down the field, hopefully scoring touchdowns, but definitely scoring points. When that happens, I think you're going to see Alabama try to loosen up this defense and take some shots down the field because that's they're going to realize that's the way that they're going that's the way that they're going to win this game. Um Georgia is obviously vulnerable in the secondary. There are spots of vulnerability, certainly at inside linebacker but also in the secondary. And Alabama's got receivers. They have receivers that can potentially take advantage of those matchups and Jalen Miller has proven that when he can elude pressure, which mm-hmm. he is often under because he plays in front of one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen, one of the most mm. overrated offensive lines in the history of college football. I was just, again, I only say this, Bama fan, because you mocked me so much. When I said that preseason, y'all got so heated at me. How's, how's that go? How's They're big and they're physical. Okay. And they can't Are, pass block worth a darn. Nope. Like at all. Nope. So um, when Jalen Mill is able to avoid pressure, which he is constantly under, but when he's able to avoid it and he spins the ball down the field, he can throw a really nice deep ball and he can put it on receivers and they have guys that can go over the top. And so can Georgia's safeties stay disciplined in the run game? See, there it is. And disciplined in the past game. There's a lot that's going to be that's going to be talked about this week on um, CJ Allen and uh, Wilson in the middle. The Ooh. two freshman middle linebackers. I, like I actually that. think much more important to Georgia's success on Saturday will be the play of two veterans, Javon Bullard. And Malachi Starks. I think That's the it. way that those two guys play on Saturday will dictate the outcome of the game because they are going to be asked to read, diagnose, yep. Yep. and then make plays, whether it's plays on the QB run yep. or scramble or the run game or 
the short and intermediate stuff or whether it's plays over the top on the back end when Dalen Everett is playing chase behind his man. That's going to happen. I'm not ready. It's going to happen. And the question is, will 24 be in position to make a play or won't he? That's the key, Georgia fans. You need these two safeties to play huge. They're really good players. Are they going to come up big in the biggest moment? I have no problem about outside coverage. I really, really don't. Even we're talking about Dalen Everett. You're right. The safeties are huge. The inside linebackers are huge. The the key to Georgia's defense is Milrow. You can get your hands on Milrow. Now, the dude's made of granite. And he's just, I mean, he just, that collision with the Auburn defender. It's not, I mean, First of all, the fact that that Auburn defender defender stopped him Good is one of on the most you. insane things I've ever seen in my entire life. But secondly, the fact that Milrow just popped up and walked off the field, I literally he's thought he's concussed at minimum. Sincerely, the guy has a broken collarbone, right? He's got to have a crack in that thing. No, he's with the man a, is made. The man is made, made of granite. absolute granite. Yeah. Hitting He's, him on the ground is ridiculous. Okay. There it is. You can get to him. You can pressure him and you can hit him. The problem for most teams is one hit doesn't do it. You need multiple hits. He's Kendall Milton playing quarterback is what it is. Okay. You got to bring him down. You got to, when you put a hand on him, he has to come down. And right now our tackling ability <laughs> has been less than stellar. Less okay. than ideal. That's less than ideal. Um, the key to the game is when you get to him, can you bring him down? Mm-hmm. Can our safeties not have to play cleanup for you in the run game in the alley? Will our linebackers have free release to come try to tackle him? Will our safeties be allowed to cover that? Because yeah, Auburn knows. Okay. Um, by the way, really quick turnover margin. If Alabama fans said, Hey, we win the turnover battle. We win the game. Georgia's currently 80th in the nation in turnover margin with a negative one. So we haven't taken care of the ball and we haven't gotten the ball back and we're perfect. So meanwhile, uh you had a not good Auburn team, not good. And you were plus three and barely eked out a miraculous thing. So again, Weird things happen. SEC Championship, Georgia, Bama. I, I I get it. But the narrative you're spinning is not correct. That's all we're saying. Do, do turnovers, getting turnovers help you? Yes, they do. Limiting possessions helps. Yeah. Is it the end all be all this year for Georgia? No. We've we've won in spite of that. Okay. Here's here's the key to the game. For Georgia offensively, Um, they're not going to abandon the run. Brock Bowers and Lad McConkie, which which we're still getting word on Lad, admittedly so. And guess what? He, he's going to play. I okay. He's going to play. That's why he sat out last week, Daniel. Mm-hmm. But do you know when you and I will both know that on Saturday at three o'clock? At three o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. Correct. That's when we will know yeah. when he plays or not. So stop speculating. Um, I have no no worry about our pass game. If we keep that run again, this is if our run game is on point against Alabama's trenches. Mm-hmm. Again, if our offensive line is who we are, Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards keep doing their thing. This game is if we come out first drive and we're rolling in the run game, 
I am pouring bourbon early mm. because spoiler alert guys don't let him don't let him talk to you this way don't let him insult you like this alabama fans i would let a lot slide on this podcast i will not he's pouring bourbon early no matter what the <laughs> like no matter what's happening it's already started well before kickoff like it's not come on don't let him do that to you game of the week jimmy prediction time and look i've been telling everybody this uh, I go on a show every Wednesday out of Montgomery uh, for Locked on Bama, and I told him the same thing. I'm going to tell y'all the same thing, that my head is screaming Georgia's going to win this game. In fact, I, I, I kind of – my head is saying, Luke, Georgia's going to win and, and they're going to cover. Now, it's only six points, so it means if Georgia wins by a touchdown, you know, they cover. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say Bama 27-26. I'm going to say it's a fabulous ball game. I'm going to say um, there are some fantastic moments littered throughout this thing. And I think it would be perfect if it were 27-26 because it would give the committee so much to consider, no matter what happens in the other games. Not only just, you know, Alabama versus Oregon, Texas, and whoever else, but what about Georgia? Georgia should at least be in the consideration. They should at least be in the discussion. And um, I think it's going to be a – whale of a ball game and maybe i'm going with my gut because i did just get a free ticket and i'm sort of like i don't want to go there and watch us get beat so i'm not going to believe that i'm going to go another direction and there'll be somebody on here says you're not a true Bama fan if you don't believe it's not about believing i'm always believe we're going to win but it's about me trying to separate all this in my mind saying do i really think this team that has played with that has done some fantastic things. This Bama team has done some fantastic things, and they've improved so much. But Georgia's kind of a machine right now. That's the only thing that bothers me. They're just a machine that just churns it out. They are the um, unwavering, unemotional squad that we used to be. They do joyless murder ball now, and we are kind of having more fun playing football. I love this aspect. I love this new personality we have. I do. It's, it's been fun. Milro is awesome, and I love watching him, but I'm saying we are prone to more mistakes now, and we cannot make mistakes against this crowd. But having said all that, Jimmy, my official prediction is Bama 27, Georgia 26. Yeah, I had no idea what your score was until you just uh, told told us now, so I feel kind of weird with my score a little bit. Um, very similarly to how Luke feels um, I, I'm going to also say that Alabama's going to win this game, but I'll also say Alabama's going to win this game in an upset. I think Georgia is the better football team, and Georgia's, Georgia and Alabama, if they played each other 10 times, Georgia might win more, more times than Alabama would. Uh, but uh, I think this is going to be one of the 10 that goes the other way uh, and, and a little bit of some, uh, some, some, some good breaks that maybe Alabama is due. And uh, I like Alabama to win 28 to 27. Like Luke, I think it's going to be a classic. Uh, but uh, ultimately, here's why Alabama will win in terms of an analysis. Um, I like Alabama in the red zone in this game. I think Alabama scores touchdowns to win the game. And at least on two occasions that Georgia has driven in the red zone, Alabama will hold them to field goals. And that will be the difference in the game. At the end, Alabama will be down 27-21. Because, uh, but because they held Georgia to a couple of field goals, there will be a touchdown away. And I, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to get two straight weeks of a grave digger level miracle. I don't know that it's going to take a miracle. 
but it, it may take a, a two minute drive to win the game. And uh, I like Jalen Milrow delivering and uh, an Alabama winning 28, 27 in one of the great wins of the Nick Saban era at Alabama. I almost want to predict this because I think this would be just fabulous that first of all, like if we're just doing some funky player stuff, I'm going to say Christian story or Malachi Moore. One of those, like somebody not Caleb Downs makes a pick, number one. The other thing I want to say is, given that both our projections are Alabama by one point, in my head, as soon as you said that, I was like, man, I hope it comes down to Alabama. Alabama scores late. Everybody's thinking Alabama kicked a field goal to to tie it up, go to OT, and we go for two and get it. <laughs> and we go for two and get it with – we put a man in motion and Milrow straight up the middle. When you're the underdog, I sort of like those kind of gambles. I do think, hey, you're we're legitimately an underdog here. Georgia now favored by six points. And when you're the underdog, you do things like go for two. You run a little trickeration. There might be more Kendrick Law stuff that we haven't even seen yet. Uh, but but yeah, I, I like how Luke's thinking on that. That 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 there's going to be some tricks up Nick Saban's sleeve a little bit. Alabama doesn't normally have to go into a game thinking we got to fool anybody, but you might have to in this game. So Alabama and Tommy Reese can dig into their bag of tricks a little bit. How about uh, somebody else throwing the ball? Uh, I'm not sure what kind of uh, you know experience the backs have, but I think the wide receivers, a couple of them have played or spent some time at quarterback. Um, wouldn't be surprised maybe to see some fun Wildcat stuff with uh, maybe Kendrick Law at Wildcat. You, let me tell you what's interesting. You know, it made me think, I don't think we've got like an Ardarius Stewart, a guy who played quarterback at Fultondale back in his day. Um, I don't know that we've got a guy playing receiver that may have done that. Um, uh, not off the top of my head, but it wouldn't surprise me if Kendrick Law some, saw some time. Kendrick's such a a, a, a Swiss Army knife, yeah. Swiss Army knife type player. And I'm not saying put Kendrick Law at, at, at Wildcat, let him whistle a ball 40 yards downfield. I'm just saying get Georgia a little confused, move players around. Hey, you can line up Milrow at wide receiver and he can run around and catch a ball. Does anybody doubt that? Um, you can also put Milrow at running back and Kendrick Law. Just, just changing things up and trying to confuse Georgia a little bit in terms of where they're, where they're you know, you call it eye candy. I hate that term that, that's used all the time. I, I don't like it. But, but what you can do, and the whole point of eye candy, is getting Georgia looking at the wrong thing. It's like a magic trick. You, you, you get them looking at, at, at this spot, but the real action's happening in another spot. You know, when you said Alabama digging its bag of tricks, I mean, we, we're not known. We, we've done a lot of – we've done a few flea flickers. I, should, I remember one against A&M on the mm-hmm. road, one at Auburn mm-hmm. against the on the road. I mean, we've done some flea flicker stuff. Um, I do remember – I think it was Marquise Mays that threw a pass. Who threw the pass at LSU that was intercepted? Um, who threw that pass in the game of the century 2011? I think that was Mays. That uh, might have been Mays through through the ball that uh, Michael Williams didn't come yeah. down with because uh, their they safety read yeah. read but, caught it. Yeah, um, I think it might have been Mays. My point is, you know, we're not we don't do a lot of trick plays, and and this team doing a trick play would scare me. And I, I immediately remembered a joke from The Simpsons where there was a very harsh critic uh, talking about different restaurants she had went to. And she said uh, her, her review on Baskin Robbins was, why do 30, 31 flavors when you can't get vanilla right? And my, my, uh, <laughs> I always thought that was funny, but my, my thing on why do a trick play when we have enough trouble do it, just 
remembering where the line of scrimmage is. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm kind of worried about a trick play. I would love to do one. It would be fun to think we could pull it off. But it doesn't even have to be over the top. How about just plays where Milrow appears to be a runner? He tried to do this, but he crossed the line of scrimmage twice. (laughs) (laughs) How about Milrow appears to be a runner? But in fact, is going to throw the ball like he takes the ball, he takes the snap and he rolls out right with the ball tucked like he's going to run it, but instead uh, throws the ball. Uh, I had that thought thought on what you said with Kendrick Law. He comes in motion. We fake the pop pass. Milrow rolls to the right and then you hit Kendrick Law on the wheel. But now the problem with that is it takes a long time. Georgia ain't going to give you a long time. Yeah, any long developing play, but any long developing play is probably an issue against Georgia. And again, they'll blow stuff up. I think our general point, though, isn't, hey, this specific trick play or this specific trick play. It's just Alabama's not an underdog very often. So I don't mind seeing Alabama do underdog things like go for two, uh, go for it on fourth and one. Alabama's only gone for it on fourth down four times all year. Uh, going for it on fourth and one, uh, going for two. Wait a minute, uh, we've only gone for it fourth down how many times? I think four times all year. And two of them were an iron bowl? Correct. I believe that's correct. Which is also ironic because if you remember, we had to go for it on fourth down when we did the kick six and couldn't get it. <laughs> correct. So things like that, I, I think, are underdog <laughs> type things. How about a fake kick or a fake punt? Uh, again, underdog type things. We've seen Saban do it before. And when he's done it before, it's often been in a big game. Uh, when Alabama's behind or uh, maybe when Alabama feels like, uh, hey, it's time to pull out all the stops. And and this is this is one of those times. Well, here's the problem. If it doesn't work, it's going to give Kirby Smart fake punt 2018 vibes, you know? Oh, yeah. But hey, that's fine. I mean, uh, again, you got to don't leave anything on the table, right? I mean, th- this is it. This is your yeah. shot. Uh, You're in the playoffs now. You're in the playoffs now. Now you just That's don't say that you're gonna I, I would I would run, yeah, I would run Milrow a little more than we have. And and he ran the ball 18 times. One thing that frustrates me a little bit, I've seen repeated, gosh, how many runs did Milrow pass up on last Saturday when he had a chance? Milrow Mil, Jalen Milrow ran the ball on just about one third of all snaps. <laughs> so you know, and then people well, he needs to run the ball more. What are we trying to do, Earl Campbell, this guy? I mean, at some point, he can't run the ball every snap. Or Earl Campbell snaps. couldn't have made that fourth and 31 pass, I'm <laughs> That's true. Um, true, too. All right, that's it for Locked on SEC. Join us tomorrow for more conversation going all around the conference.